0: Little Hey, <laughs>
2: This is a big day, little cough. We are both wearing backwards hats to emphasize what a big day it is. We are doing a ham classic today. I love a good ham classic, guy.
0: I, I dedicated, and so did you. I mean, ha- a lot of working hours to get ready for this ham classic. This might We might have to dial it back. We, we went so intense on the first ham classic.
2: Yeah, we decided, and this is, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, there's the podcast version of this. If you're listening on the podcast, there is the YouTube version of this. First time we've done this, too. Uh, And we decided to go back and watch a classic game from, well, this last football season. Niners Saints. um, Very millennial of us. Not going too far back. Yeah, we really, I I was watching the game thinking, maybe we should have gone farther back. I remember this game too well. We went back to December 8th, 2019, which really was a different lifetime now in retrospect. Because I think you could argue that this March in 2020
0: has been the equivalent of 17 months. The last two weeks is probably 14-plus days, I would say, equal a normal 100-day stretch. So this is, even though we're doing it closer based
2: on the calendar, it feels minimum a year separated. (laughs) All right, well, uh, we've got categories. We're going to go through the different categories of this game. It's not going to be like a game recap, play-by-play, post-game show. Uh, we've got a few different categories, and uh, I'm sure categories will evolve as we go. But let's just start it off, John, with our first category. I'll, I'll give it to Kevin Burkhart, Charles Davis, Pam Oliver. We'll hear from all of them during this uh, this game. On Fox, it was a 10 a.m. game, and uh, here's what was on the line, John.
0: Why is this game so important? Well, here is why. The importance of getting that top seed, the last six Super Bowls, the number one seed. How about the 49ers and their Super Bowls in the history? They were number one seed four of the five. The Saints won the Super Bowl one time. They were the number one seed that year. And so today is enormous. Bottom line is the
2: 49ers and the Saints each control their own destiny. If they win out, they've got the number one seed until the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the whole thing. Number one seed till the Super Bowl. Win this game. Like You know don't one – one nugget I, did, I, I think they threw up on the graphic
0: was the 49ers since 1970, so the last 50 years, the Super Bowl era, are 20 and 8 ho- at home during the playoffs and are 5 and 10 on the road. And you realize it's just this is not series like baseball or basketball, they're one offs. And it is a massive, and I think we saw it in the 49ers' two playoff games this year. Got a little lucky. Uh, the way not I, I hate to say lucky, but Minnesota. Once you rewatch this game, you realize how the fuck did the Minnesota Vikings beat the Saints team? I thought all season long, right. you know, it turns out the Chiefs, you know, got hot at the end and and were just a high level I and mean, they're Super Bowl champs. But they, they got it together as the season went on. They had a new defensive coordinator, but I thought this team stopped start to finish, beside the Niners. When you factor in Drew Brees disappeared for a while, and you just watched them against the Niners, and you're like. That's a big boy operation right there. You could argue when the dust settled, rewatching this game, Chiefs, Niners. I'd put the Saints third as the third best team. And I know they lost the Vikings at home in the playoffs, but I've watched the Vikings a lot. I don't think they're as good as the Saints.
2: Yeah. So pregame buzz, though, on this game. Before we know all of that stuff, John. Before we know anything that you just said, well, That's right? what I'm
0: saying. Going into this game, I thought the Saints were a powerhouse
2: playing at home. They're 10-2. and two. Yeah. Well, they were. I remember having the conversation on the podcast before this game going, okay, who are the, like, four teams or five teams that can win the Super Bowl? And it was Niners, Seahawks, Saints. At that point, the Niners had already beaten the Packers. They were out. Chiefs, Ravens, and Patriots, I think, was probably the list at that point, right? Yeah.
0: Now, the Saints went on as this game, I think, the over the next several weeks to lose defensive linemen and guys were injured. But this team, and when they're at home, that offense, how explosive they are, I I would imagine if we did some Google research, they don't lose many games where they score 46 points at home, right? Right. In the the Sean Payton, Drew Brees era. If you say, hey, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, you're 10-2, and you're about to play a big-time opponent and score 46, they're like,
2: win? So they're ninth in offense. The Niners are second in scoring defense. But Kwaski-Tart's not playing in this game for the Niners. D Ford is banged up. He's going to try and play. Richard Sherman has missed some practice with a hamstring this particular week. Um, Teron Armstead, the left tackle's coming back for the Saints. And really the big story, I think, John, too, was the Niners were coming off the Ravens game. They just lost yeah. to the Ravens, despite the career day from Mostert, who had never run for more than 90 yards, and he had like 146 and two touchdowns. Um The other thing was it, Fred Warner, I didn't realize this until I look back. Coming into that game, Fred Warner was playing like one of the best defensive players in the NFL. He was leading the NFL in tackles in the previous month coming into that game. Also, the 49ers were embarking on the last leg of
0: a three-game stretch. Yeah. Which at that point in time, you know, 12 games into the season, week 12, 13, and 14, whatever the stretch was, was the hardest record-wise stretch in NFL history. Right. Because the Packers at the time, I think, had one loss obviously the Ravens had been on like a nine or 10 game winning streak. And then this coming into this game, the saints, to me, you can't ask for anything more week 14, two teams being 10 and two, right? Cause if, if I tell you we got a nine and three team against an eight and four team, that could be Sunday night football. Like it's 10 and two, 10 and two. I mean, you're talking 20 and four, you're talking two teams that once you're 10 and two, you're probably at worst 12 and four, you might be 14 and two. Like y- 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 You'd almost say if two teams are ten and two, week 14, in the same conference, one of them's guaranteed to be the number one seed, 90% of the years, right? And that's what happened here. Turns out this, well, the way the cookie crumbled for the Saints, the tiebreaker and everything, that they end up not getting a first-round bye. As of recording this, they just passed the new rule: seven playoff teams, only one seed. Think how much different we talk about this a year from now, same scenario. Like, this is for the one seed. Like, that's that's the only fucking team that gets a bye. Right. It was a little different back then because I think, well, if you don't get the one seed, if you still end up 13-3, and three, you can get a two seed. That conversation moving forward in our football conversations will never quite be the
2: same. This game will only get more important. I think this game would be... Which I don't like. I don't like the idea, right? Like, when we talk about it in that context, not to go off on that tangent, but... It, the the one seat is already so valuable I mean we see it in this game how hard like I think one of the things you you're watching this game going could they do this again if they had to come back here no
0: right? <laughs> right but there's also nothing like it in sports now where only you know in baseball yeah yeah in baseball multiple teams wait right yeah I guess there is no there's no real buy in basketball. There aren't buys, but yet. you play. Yeah, I
2: mean, now that they have been, you're playing wild card teams, but no, there's yeah, but no You're real still, buy. you're still playing a
0: five, yeah, five yeah. game series. In football, there was a huge advantage to be the two seed,
2: the one seed. It wasn't
0: that much different. Now it is dramatically different. Right?
2: One, one little thing I liked about this game, John, in terms of pregame buzz, was, and they said this on the broadcast: George Kittle's never played in the Superdome, but he has been in the Superdome for a WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, they, they hit on that a lot, how much George Kittle likes consumes
2: wrestling. The, yeah, WWE. But so that so that was, you know, that was one of the elements here. This was just a massive game for Kyle Shanahan's team. Um and then I think the only other thing I would add to pregame buzz is the Niners. Right, they had started eight 0 They were two and two in that in their last four games now coming into this more difficult stretch. Remember there was a lot of, yeah, they're eight 0 but who have they played? So you mentioned that This was one of the maybe the toughest stretch by one measure that anyone's ever did, faced. Did,
0: one of them was a crazy overtime loss to Seattle at home, and the other was a you know war with
2: Baltimore. Right? They're two losses. But, yeah, like but they still had a road game point. with Seattle coming up. Right? When you say oh just win out, you're the one. So it's like yeah, that means win this game, <laughs> win yeah. at Seattle. That Rams game was no just shoe. That's right. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, first category we're gonna hit here
0: because I, I, I do think it's fair to say just coming into the game. The Saints had proven more. They had lost Breeze. I I had forgotten. I was like, oh yeah, Breeze got hurt, you know, October 1st. No, he got hurt week two. And then he had missed that stretch. Teddy Bridgewater, who's now a $60 million man, I would imagine a lot because of that tape. And then Breeze came back and kind of got his mojo. They were pretty like, yeah, throw anything at us. We can handle it. Yep. Right.
2: Yep. And they're at home. It's the superdome. And they're the at home. Place the is place rocking. was fucking rocking. It was awesome. Yeah. So, uh, a star is born. Let's start there. A star is born. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I th- there there are some ca- there are some candidates here. I think there's probably one overall candidate to the star is born award for this game. But who you got?
0: Well, I could go in two different directions. And I think as the the season played out and the way we think about the 2019-20 season, it, this feels stronger than my other option. I went with Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan was highly thought of. His first two years, though, he hadn't been winning. This year, he was 10-2, and but like you said, there were people nitpicking their schedules like, oh, they beat the Redskins, oh, they beat Mason Rudolph, and, and you know, there was some validity to it, and then he, two weeks before, had this game against his, kind of his understudy, Matt LaFleur, and he basically, you know, teabagged him. I mean, it, he embarrassed him on national TV. But this game, to me, up against Sean Payton, who, when you think football coaches in the NFL, you think Belichick's the best, and then I think immediately you just go, well, Andy Reid and Sean Payton are just the two elite, older offensive guys. They've proven it now that Andy has a Super Bowl with Sean Payton. They got all the pelts on the wall, and they're just magicians. Kyle Shanahan basically walked in the Superdome, and there were multiple moments in the first half where they were behind And basically whipped his penis out and said, Mine's just as big as yours. He had a deep bomb down 21 7 to Emmanuel Sanders, and he had a double pass in the first half. That there were multiple moments where I thought the Niners might get blown out, right? Just because they weren't going to be able to keep pace with him. So he had to empty the sink on the road against a top three coach in the league who was dialed, right? Who was, you could, Sean Payton had this look on his face. Despite being ten and two, like he clearly he knew the importance of this. I mean, there was them talking about the one seed was valid because the one seed was on the line. It looked like he hadn't slept. Now Kyle Shanahan, I texted you last night, kind of has this look now, where despite being his birth certificate or his wiki page say he says he's forty, he really is kind of closer looking. Just his weathered and got some gray hairs coming into fifty. He's kind of got a president like a marine, kind of of a grizzled look. Because he doesn't sleep that much either. And I thought Kyle emptied the kitchen sink. And at the end of the day, you could put Jimmy in this spot because he probably had his best game ever as a pro. I mean, you could argue he could have a 10-year career where he wins a Super Bowl and might not have quite a game like this. That Kyle, there were just some plays that Kyle dialed up that were out of Jimmy's hands, especially given who he was going up against. I, I, I gave the nod to Kyle, but I thought Jimmy was a close second.
2: Yeah, I, you know, at one point in the game, Charles Davis says this. Jimmy Garoppolo is really playing at a high level today. And the San Francisco will not go away from running the football, Kevin. But it feels to me today like Kyle Shanahan is going to have the confidence to lean on Garoppolo's arm and try to continue to fashion some more of these big plays. It, it's like weirdly, um, it, it's weirdly kind of a prediction that like what he's saying is, in this game, Kyle can rely on Jimmy. But after the Super Bowl, you look back on it and go, God, maybe what he's kind of saying, too, is it's not always going to be like that. It's not going to be like that in every game. I don't know if he meant it like that, but that clip from Charles Davis kind of has this double meaning after the fact. Like, okay, it's Kyle's show to run. The question is, will Jimmy always be able to do this stuff? Now, I think Kyle is the pick for, for Star is Born. Um, because strictly, it's not that we found out Kyle was good, but it's because he's going toe to toe with Sean Payton. Like, I think if you had a GM draft of head coaches in the NFL, you could argue Kyle Shanahan should be fourth. Bill, you, you, Sean, you, you could, Andy. You, you could argue the new term
0: is owner draft because all the GMs now kind of work for the head right. coaches.
2: <laughs> and you could argue he should go even higher. Like you go, oh well, let me go with the younger guy. But I think. We thought for a while maybe he could get into that place, and I think time will tell. Like What all those guys did is they've succeeded and failed to whatever degree they've failed, and then come back, and then come back, and then come back. Like That's really the test of of whether or not you belong in that category. Do you you think it's
0: fair to say if you remove Belichick, the top three picks in an owner slash maybe a couple GM draft would be, in some order, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, or put Bill in it, and they're the top four picks. Yeah. Right? But I'm just saying, non-Belichick, I think it's some order. I mean, that's, some owner
2: might be like, oh, I don't want to deal with Bill. <laughs> Andy just won the Super Bowl, I'll just pick him. Uh, yeah, he's easier to deal with. I don't know. But, yeah, I think you could argue that. And and I think that's a pretty, uh, you know, it's kind of an audacious thing to say because we don't have the, the – a year ago or a year and a half ago, we were saying the same thing about Sean Payton. And, uh, excuse me, uh, Sean McVay, right? And now Sean McVay is still viewed as a very but good I, coach. But he but might think still go still very still high. high. Yeah, no, I, I understand. But I'm saying – there was a time when he was, yeah, yeah, one of the Peyton Reed. Uh, give me McVay over Reed, right? That would have been a conversation like six-year a Billboard,
0: a half ago. Los Angeles.
2: So time will tell, but I think when you have this on your resume, because you 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 are coaching against a guy that's kind of the same head coach, offensive play caller, control of player personnel. Run, has been running this operation for a long time. People wonder could his quarterback would his quarterback be this guy without him? Right? Like all these different elements, but over more time, over more wins, over championships, over Hall of Fame careers solidified, all that stuff. So that that's what was here for Kyle. And that's what this game is for him. Isn't
0: it I, I do think Charles Davis is just being fair by saying that. If you yes. watch the 49ers, like the famous clip I don't know if it's a famous clip, but the NFL Films clip of Andy in the Super Bowl when he's screaming at Mahomes after Mahomes is kind of shit in the bed, keep firing, keep firing. And Andy, shameless plug, when I talked to him, said he compared it to Larry Bird. Larry Bird always talked about, and like Michael Jordan has it, Steph has it, no matter how many shots they miss, Kobe, they keep firing. When Jimmy's off, you don't want him to keep firing. He's not at that level. He's not Mahomes, Rodgers, Russell, where you just keep giving him the green light. That's where Kyle is, I think, some hesitant sometimes to just go full throttle. This game, you could tell early, Jimmy kind of had it. Like, what's up, motherfucker? <laughs> this is my – like, I'm feeling it. Right. And and Kyle realized that and just kind of rode him with the offense. While wow. As the game went on, I think Charles hit it on the head, too – he still runs the ball with it, right? He's still mixing in the run. They have a good balance. They're hitting plays to Matt Breda had a sighting. You forget about him after this game as he gets in the doghouse. Mozart has some plays. Uh, you you just but Jimmy was hot. This was the hottest just rewatching this game. It's just hard for Jimmy to be that much hotter. If Jimmy plays like this 10 out of 16 weeks, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL, right? Like you, you play at this level on the road against a level of team like this like if you just watch this game and you you give a fan that's never watched Jimmy Garoppolo I just bring a guy that's never you, you think like that's the best player in the league or one of them right 26
2: to 35 that's 74 percent 350 basically four touchdowns and a pick that was just a deflected ball
0: there was a point early in the game when a graphic came up came up he was like 10 of 11 just how on point he was I, I felt with probably 80 to 85% of the throws. Now his one pick wasn't a great throw right off the hands, but it it he let him in, in front of him. There were some moments where like Jimmy is not Peyton Manning in his prime, right? Or Tom Brady. He's not super accurate in terms of every ball is going to hit guys in stride. He is to me kind of your your prototypical kind of rhythm player when he's in rhythm like this game and he's feeling it. He's as hot as any. He can look like a star. But there are times where the ball just floats on him a little bit. Or even when his feet are set sometimes, he'll hit a guy a little behind, which is still a catch, where the elite, elite guy is hitting every guy in stride. So, again, I'm nitpicking. And this is where I think the way Kyle thinks that in a certain game, this game you had no choice. Because it was clear, I'd say by the end of the first quarter, it was going to be a really, really high-scoring game. So you had to keep the throttle down. Sometimes the Niners have played in games – just the defense is taken over, and you can play it a little differently. I think the game.
2: Which is kind of what the second half became, right? The first half, yeah. it was the highest-scoring half of the year. 11 drives, 8 touchdowns, 2 punts combined, 55 points. Um, the Niners were 14.5 yards per play in the first half. So to your point, was... like, if you go, all right, Kyle, where's your resume? It's like, well, remember that half against Sean Payton when I was 15 yards per play and was up by one, 28-27 on the road? It was awesome. Two other, John, little just mini nominations for A Star is Born. I thought Charles Davis said something else that was really predictive, and we're about to find out uh, how predictive it was. Manuel Sanders has been a, a bigger target today, but this rookie out of South Carolina is working his way towards being WR1 for San Francisco, wide receiver 1. And who did they target in the critical situation? Eli Apple. I mean, really, you could argue Debo – it's a prediction that Debo Samuel's about to become a Niner's number one star and that, that Emmanuel Sanders is about to come become one of Sean Payton's. Well, it also shows you that, you know, in football, unlike basketball
0: or baseball, you play a team multiple times, sometimes in baseball, right, if the team's in your division almost 20 times a year. In football, there's a chance you just – even a big-time free agent, you haven't seen him for three years if he's in a different conference, even if he's in your conference, but – in a division that you have just out of your rotation for a couple years. This guy, who was recently traded to the Niners, has what felt like from the eye test his most dominant game. I mean, he's throwing a touchdown. He's making plays, splitting double coverage, fucking running around safeties, where I can imagine when the when the Saints went to their free agent meetings and they went, "Uh, yeah, let's be interested in that guy who just kicked the shit out of
2: them. Right. Uh, and one other, John, probably fifth place for a star is born. Assumption College. What an impact he's had on this game so far. Deontay Devin, 14 Harris, 14 kick return touchdowns at Assumption. That's an NCAA record. Six of those kickoffs, eight punt returns. 14 kick return, 14 special teams touchdowns. Assumption. And I just remember that moment, Deontay Harris, the Saints return guy. His first kickoff, his second kickoff, then his punt. It was all like, whoa. And what, uh, Googling Assumption College. M- my take, though,
0: guy, is I don't know what conference or D4 division they played in at Assumption, whatever division they are. How did anyone, anyone tackle that guy? Well, they're because actually. On an NFL
2: field <laughs> against the team Ke- that won the John, NFC. He was by far the fastest player on the field. Kevin Burkhart says, How did they tackle him in college? And Charles Davis is like, They didn't. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That How guy, did he end up I, there is the question. Well, I, I I don't know. I had noticed
0: him just on like red zone throughout the year. He just jumps out. But in this game, when you just like, oh, my God, this guy is shot out of a cannon.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right. Biggest holy shit moment of the game. Uh,
0: th- th- This one's tough because I actually thought in the first half for the 49ers, they could have got blown out. There was a moment, 21-7. <clears throat> it's 21-7, and it feels like the Saints are unstoppable. I don't know this moment we'd quite... I think it's got tw- the 20 27 20-7, excuse me, because yeah, they went for a two-pointer and they didn't get it. Yeah. There was a moment where I, I think Pam Oliver chimes in after that lets us know Jared Cook is out with the concussion. Jared Cook looked like uh, Rob Gronkowski on steroids in a video game, like he was going to have 15 touchdowns in the game. He had two drives, two touchdowns, wide open, and was dominating. Like, the 49ers were going to have no match to cover him. So, and then Drew Brees, I I just thought, could the Saints score 60 points? It's 20-7, to and the 49ers, the first play guy, play action, deep bomb to Emmanuel Sanders. Again, one of those that I would imagine sticks with uh, Sean Payton. I actually think it's the best throw of Jimmy's career, because it probably travels... 60 to 65 yards in the air not really under thrown i mean he catches it he doesn't have to high point it but he does catch it up around kind of his throat up above the numbers and now the
2: no, you can talk over it just an incredible pass your jaw hits the floor
0: What's so crazy about the play, guy? It's not like he hits him in stride in the sense where he keeps running. He hits him because he has to turn around. He falls, and it's one of those where he falls. Everyone kind of pauses, including Emmanuel. Like, what the fuck? And then he—I re- don't think I've been touched. And then he runs into the end zone. But when they show the replay on that, this is what is such a crazy play call is that Kendrick Bourne had to block the defensive end. And you realize when coaches, you know. If you ever go to a coaching uh, practice at any level, sometimes a play, a great play, hinges on something that's a little out of the ordinary. Like in a perfect world, this is the way the play set up. He has to block the defensive end, but ideally, you don't want your wide receiver blocking defensive ends. And he did a good job, and Jimmy hit him.
2: Interesting. So you chose that over my pick. Which I, was... I just thought that I thought the game was in the balance early. Uh, yeah, yo, you're right. You're right. I mean, there's so many of them in this game, the holy shit moment. Because um, it, would, it would have been harder for with the, the Niners, right, if they were down maybe multiple touchdowns at half. They were up. Yeah. I'm going with the Emmanuel Sanders throw, though, because for two reasons. One, Emmanuel Sanders uh, throws a touchdown pass. Yeah. So after what you're talking about and the Niners make it 20-14, to 14, the Saints come back uh, – They go all the way down to the goal line. They end up with a fourth and goal. They've already failed on a two-point conversion in this game. They go for it on fourth and goal, and it's easy. Breeze just goes over and does the little Breeze thing. And they score, and it's back to 27-14. And so it's like, well, wait a second. I know the Niners just hit Emmanuel Sanders with that play, that touchdown. But that was the moment when I realized they're going to have to keep doing this. Like, hitting a few sweet plays is not going to be enough to beat the Saints today. Like, they're going to have to not miss a single opportunity. They're going to have to match the Saints today. Kyle Shanahan's going to have to match Sean Payton. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to match Drew Brees. Like, that was when they come back and score, and it's two scores again. You're like, God, we just spent all this time, right? That's the way it looks from the Niners' perspective.
0: Right? To me, a 26-14 guy you're like a fumble, another touchdown away. This is what I'm saying, a blowout.
2: Yeah, 27-14. So 27-14, they come out, boom, they hit Debo for 20 yards. Then um, Mozart gets a 19-yard run. You're like, oh, okay, okay, maybe the Niners can just keep swinging back. So boom, boom, two, they get 40 yards in two plays, basically. Does Ky-
0: Do Kyle's outside run plays hit more double-digit run plays than like
2: any team you've ever well, seen? Well, here's the interesting note I made. That was the fourth possession of the game for the Niners. They they were net 0 rushing yards at that point in the game. But they have been kind of throwing the football. Yeah, first, especially right? the first drive, right? So then they're at the plus 35, first down. Debo end around, flips to Sanders. First of all, the play kind of doesn't look super smooth. Like there's just people everywhere. Yeah. Sanders gets it and it's like, "Uh, I don't know. This I don't know if he should throw it." But then he does throw it and Mostert is it's just so wide open. Um, the play, I just remember the play looking like shit. Then it looks incredible. That makes it 27-21 with six minutes left in the second quarter. And uh, that's my that's my holy shit moment. Because the ball's to call the play, but then Sanders has to make the play when it looks like maybe the play is a little too arrogant of a play call. But then it worked. And that's kind of the Kyle thing that we we saw as the year played out was they did a lot of crazy shit, and most of the time the crazy shit worked at the exact right time.
0: Well, to me, those two plays, the deep bomb. You, by
2: the way, John, you think Sean Payton's like, wait, why am I having Taysom Hill throw the ball if I could – Like Emmanuel well, the, Sanders is going to throw a ball this year that Taysom Hill – I, I,
0: I, I got some takes won. on Taysom Hill a little bit later. We'll get to those, but yeah. I,
2: I thought that Kyle Shanahan on
0: those two play calls in the first half were his team on the road down – Want multiple scores in both, like double-digit points in both situations, That that's just, I'm fucking elite. And I got the stones. I got the balls. They had mentioned in this broadcast, do you remember when I think Kevin Burkhardt or Charles was talking, you know, talking to Kyle, he's like, you know, the first game I ever had as a head coach, I'm like, damn, I'm in charge. I can go for it all the time. Yeah, and he went right. for it four times in his first ever game as a head coach. I think it was against the Carolina Panthers. And he's like, then I realized, well, I'm screwing my special teams. I'm screwing my defense. And if you think about it, at Cal Poly, Harvard of the West, we had this saying, we learn by doing. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in that. You, You learn by doing. Kyle Shanahan, and this is why I think a lot of great coaches have had big breakout moments in like their second or third year as a head coach. Like the third year was when Bill Walsh became a star in the NFL. I think it was the third or fourth year. Uh, obviously he won the Super Bowl with Montana in the catch. Sean Payton. I think got the job in o six, won the Super Bowl in 09. those first couple years, you are figuring a lot out when you're coming from a coordinator position, especially an offensive coordinator position. because if you thought about, if you think about it, if you were an offensive coordinator and you had been your whole life, whether you're younger or older, how many times have you been in the booth? And you've been like, oh my, go for it. What the fuck are we doing? And right. you're and then you finally get that position. And then you realize, God, I do the guy had a point. It's like know? Monday and you're in like the wide receiver's coach's office. And you're like, I tried to tell coach. I like, I just think I when you it. watch it, when you're watching Kyle, and I think Sean Payton has become this over time too. His team has become much more balanced, even though this game was had a shitload, you know, 48 to 46. It was a very physical game. His defense is actually pretty good. I mean, they were missing a ton of guys on defense. Their two middle linebackers are out. Didn't know Keiko Alonso was on the Kiko Alonso but... was out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that you'd see Kyle Shanahan that's kind of in full control in a in a spot where if he was young, maybe he gets tight, maybe he doesn't run some of those plays. Where Sean Payton is just can be tight but operate at a high level because they're both when you talk about Kyle, Sean, Kyle, Andy, and, and Sean Payton, you'd say Andy is by far the most even keel of the three, right? He never really looks that rattled. Sean Payton, like Kyle, looks very, very tightly wound in, in big spots, though his the, the rhythm of his play calling doesn't feel that way. But whenever they panned over to Sean Payton, it looks like he's about to have a heart attack. Kyle can look like that, too. He's probably, I'd say Sean Payton's on the upper end of like, uh, you know, college football coaches like the SEC is king of this. Kirby Smarts and Will Muschamps always look like, guys, how are you sweating through your shirt? You know, losing your mind over here. Sean Payton, being is, a they, they are in South Carolina, guy, outside. They it. are. <laughs> but uh, but I even talk about like Athens. late October, November games. Yeah. And I just think Kyle was able to make these plays because of all the experience he'd had his two years Granted, not winning a lot, but you just kind of get to experiment and realize, you know, this is the right time to do this. This is the right time not to do this on top of his, what would you say, elite instincts of just the timing of play calls just in
2: general? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's instincts, but it's instincts that are born of just a lifetime of doing this. Well, because a lot of guys aren't good at calling the...
0: Would you say the number one thing a fan freaks out about is when you call a run play when the entire fan base thinks it should be a pass play? Kyle's kind of the opposite. You're always like, oh, I think a pass is coming here. And then he runs a run play, and it gashes you for 15 yards. You're like, God, that was sweet. And it's just why the running back, whoever it is, like Breda, Mostert, we didn't even hear from Wilson, Jeff Wilson Jr. in this game, but you just get random guys. You're like, Oh, that was a 17-yard. That looked like fucking Saquon Barkley right there.
2: I mean, Brady hadn't played in three weeks. Brady had been hurt. No, he was was hauling ass. Before we get on to the next category in this Ham Classic, let's take a moment to tell the people this podcast is brought to you in part by LinkedIn. LinkedIn.com slash ham to post a LinkedIn job so you can hire the right person fast. Guy, LinkedIn has over 675 million members
0: worldwide. The job screens candidates with the hard and soft skills, things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability, That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder, guy. Someone's hired every eight seconds
2: with LinkedIn. Companies rate LinkedIn jobs number one in hiring platforms for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today. With LinkedIn jobs, you can pay what you want. Get the first 50 bucks off. Just visit linkedin.com ham. Again, linkedin. Dot com slash ham to get 50 bucks off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. The tuck rule award. The, the the officiating call that made fans want to murder somebody. Is there is there even a second place argument here? No. The Saints are up. Will Lutz had just made a field goal. They're up 35-33. And they forced the Niners to go three and out. The Saints then get the ball. Um, Bosa makes a sweet play on third and eighteen. The Saints have the ball at the 49ers forty-four-yard line. And Sean Payton elects to go for a fake punt. On fourth and eighteen. I I know I know Riverboat Ron
0: has the name and we'll talk about his Category a little later. Sean Payton has massive balls.
2: Well, right, yeah, we have a Riverboat Ron category. We thought about calling it the Sean Payton category based solely off of an onside kick to start the second half of a Super Bowl. I don't even know what Riverboat Ron's most Riverboat play call is, but he's got a better nickname. It
0: was, though, pretty reckless to call a fake punt on a fourth and 18, right? Are you even saying this is also
2: your Riverboat Ron moment of the game? Is this well, a no,
0: I, I just think it's under no circumstances in a situation where they have the lead, what's was the score at the time? 35-33 Saints. So it's 35-33 in a crazy-ass oh, game. I'm sorry.
2: It's 35-33 Niners. 35-33 Niners. That's important. Okay, yeah.
0: So you're down. I think at fourth and, I don't know, guy, maybe like six or seven, you have like you can't be fourth and double digits and be going for it. I I think that's not on the table then. this What – this game's in the third quarter at the time, correct? Yep. So, like, it, I I get it if it's four if it's fourth quarter, three minutes left, and you're like, fuck, you may, maybe just leave Drew Brees on the field. There. I I don't think under any circumstances. I I am anti fake punts on fourth and eighteen <laughs> in the third quarter.
2: So they lost. Taysom Hill makes a great throw. The DB Tarveris Moore never turns around. The ball basically, it's, the ball can't be caught because Tavares Moore is, I think, is it uh, the guy that scores the touchdown later that they throw the ball Smith to? Smith, 10? Yeah. Sneaky, not a bad player. Yeah. Um, Traquan Smith. So, the crowd loses its shit. And credit to Burkhart, he's like, hey, there can't be pass interference on a fake punt because the rules of the punt apply. It's There's no pass interference. You're not running an offensive play even though technically you are right. You take the risk here. Yeah. Now, Sean Payton's losing his mind because he wants a hold, which you could call because a hold is just like a hold on a punt return. Like he's just holding my gunner, but there's too much, but you're not, but you're not punting the football. So there is no hold because no one's returning the ball.
0: No, there could be, there could be a
2: hold there. Like technically they could call a hold because he's, you know, if under the rules of the punt, he's holding the gunner. You're saying that they could have thrown a hole, a flag on holding,
0: yeah. despite it being a fake punt. Right. The they, problem with Sean Payton's argument is just too late. They never, they don't retroactively. There's, yeah, throw there's just too them.
2: much shit going on. Right. It's like yeah. it's just too much going on. The, the Gunners probably get held on every kick, on every punt. My issue with that, though,
0: I'm not okay. If it had, let's say been fourth and two, and the guy had been kind of wide open and he mugged him, I'd be like, you know what, Payton's got a point. Yeah. On fourth and eighteen. And I'm like this universally in football. I fucking despise a bailout call on a crazy play. Like I, I'm not into, you know, a fourth and twenty Hail Mary play at an end of a game and you call a PI. Like I, I just I, I just get the situation. Couldn't agree more. Fourth and eighteen punt. Like I, I'm okay with it. Even though, like you said, Letter of the law. Sean Payton was arguing for the correct result.
2: Yeah, but part of the backdrop here is it's in New Orleans. These people feel yeah. like they get screwed all the time. They're losing their yeah. minds. I I don't know. A Saints fan listening to this might still think they got screwed, but I'm it with a you. Was the third John. quarter? They ultimately took the lead. It didn't determine the game. No, but but it. I, I don't know that there's really another. There was actually a couple hits, an uh, uh, unnecessary roughness on the next drive. From uh, CJ, uh, as Burkhart called him, Gardner Webb, Gardner Robinson, I think. Um, late in the was that, that when was that when we
0: thought Kyle Uzcheck was dead, and then he kind of pulled. the Edelman
2: like, oh, he got checked for a concussion.
0: But, he was dead. Now he's alive, <laughs> and then he's back. But uh, yeah, anything else? Tuck Rule Award, pretty simple on that. Yeah, that that one to me is a no uh, runner up. Th- th- there, there was just, I guess, weren't bad like uh, officiating calls. I, I always struggle sometimes, Guy, with third and tens. My least favorite call in sports, I, I think yours is the pump fake in basketball, the dude jumps and you jump the the, the, uh-huh. the the fake, like, oh, yeah, the jump shot where you're just trying to get fouled, yeah. Yeah, especially like 30 feet away from the basket. I would probably agree with you. The other one I despise is a is a defensive holding that's pretty ticky-tack. On, I, if it's first and ten, like okay, whatever, it doesn't change anything. I, ugh, it irks me to my deepest core on a third and nine and a ticky tack defensive hold. Now more, I am all more for than a running into the kicker. Yeah, because I do think there are rules with running into the kicker. Like you are taking a huge risk when you make contact with the guy. There is an inherent Richard Sherman. I, he got called for one of these, and he dropped a great me me when he just his face was like me it was on michael was thomas awesome. right
2: yeah oh me? no it was on josh hill
0: yeah it was the tight end but he just the me was great i i just think the problem is because the rule is within the five yards and a guy like richard or a safety covering a you know a linebacker, or just anytime you're in press coverage you're on them right and then all of a sudden you're not looking at like i'm taking three step four five okay off it's not you're just kind of feeling it and it just there is a natural with a good press coverage. You play a guy like Michael Thomas, or you play tight ends. They're hitting you back. Like I, I, I'm more of a believer of let them play. I don't know what the numbers are. It feels like defensive holding on defensive backs. I would say average two to three a side a game. So like five to six a game in most NFL games I watch. Again. I'm no, uh, no, hardcore analytics on this one. That's just my gut feeling when I watch a game. Yeah, and I feel like in big games, it's rare we don't get one in the second half that does have a huge. Because it's to me, guy, the automatic first down. I get it on a pass interference when it's a deep ball. I struggle with like it's third and nine. You call defensive holding, and the quarterback had thrown like a wheel
2: route. Like, well, what if the quarterback what? gets sacked? Do, do you like it being an automatic first down? I mean, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. You agree, though. It's it tends to be pretty ticky tack call.
0: Um, if I if I'm not holding the jersey, I'm just saying if we're hand fighting. Yeah, I I I, I hate it. I I would if you told me they threw that rule away, I'd be. But I think
2: most time, I feel like most times it does end up being that a jersey was being held. Like that's the giveaway. I'm not I'm not complaining on the jersey being
0: held when I'm running behind you. I'm I'm complaining more. You saw it multiple times in this game. Because one thing the Saints have, and I think Michael Thomas, who is just a fucking monster, yeah. is a really physical guy. Like, he wants to – to me, he's like a post player. Like, he wants to bang. Like, okay, I, I bring it. Because that's where I'm so strong, that's where I'm going to separate. My, and Kittle's like that. It happened
2: to him. He got away from Witherspoon on one where Witherspoon tried to jam him, and he kind of hit him, but Thomas think, got away from him. I, I think Kit, guys touchdown. like Kittle and
0: Michael Thomas are just like, I pray to God you jam me. So uh,
2: the riverboat Ron call of the game. There's so many in this game. This game was like a riverboat Ron call of the game. Just hotbed.
0: Would you go, go with? first?
2: You go first. So um, I feel like this pick is uninspired but solid. And I, I there were so many like big ones I could have gone with that worked, but I'm going with a failure. I'm going with a pure hindsight 2020. This wasn't the biggest gamble of the game, but it was the one that affected the game as much as any other. Sean Payton going for two after their second score. Um, It came back to bite them. They had to go for two late after they scored to take the lead. They didn't get that one. Instead of it being in a tie game. uh, Now, look, they end up coming down and the field goal gets made and it it beats them, but um, I got to go with going for two early in the game for Sean Payton. It, it um, and, and remember, they did it only because they got a half-the-distance call after the penalty. Witherspoon, like, hits Jared Cook in the end zone in the head, and so it's a half-the-distance. So they do it, and then they don't do the Breeze thing, which they did later in the game and worked on a fourth and goal.
0: Yeah, I thought Sean Payton got a little cute at points in time in this game with Taysom Hill bringing out Breeze, who was, at one point in time, felt like he was on pace for, like, ten touchdowns in the game. <laughs> Uh, I got a take on Taysom Hill, but you used the, the – the your play was the double pass. And that would probably be my – just re- calling a double pass in that situation. Yeah. But I do think the last play of the game, which ultimately won them the game – I guess it wasn't the official last play of the game, but the last big offensive play were George Kittle. Right before fourth down, uh, you I would imagine a lot of people on their couch, including myself, was thinking like the Niners are going to lose, and then they kind of gets down to the play clock. They have to call timeout, it's like right? The Super
2: Bowl, but they they called the timeout in this yeah, one. Yeah, they
0: call they called the timeout, and it when you look when you watch the call the timeout, I don't think they were running the same play. So they call timeout, they run a different play where they bring Kittle in motion off the line. If I'm Dennis Allen, we, there's some coaching moments like oh yeah, Dennis Allen, you know, there's, oh, Dan Campbell, Mike Nolan. Funny. I was like, Dan Campbell? Uh, and, and there was just the play call to just run a quick little out. If if you're – now, I guess the hindsight also on this play, because you're like, Dennis, how do you not cover Kittle in this game? We'd well, be like, have you fucking watched Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel? They're killing me. Right. So it, it, it actually is easy to say in hindsight, like, how do they not covering Kittle? Because the wide receivers are going bananas. So it, it, it was – at the time, I was like, how do they not – it does make sense. But the, I thought the play call, anytime you're fourth and two with the game on the line, and look the hindsight, what would it have told us? They they would have it would have changed their seating in the playoffs, had you know Jimmy overthrew him or Kittle slipped or whatever. The other thing is, guy, in the third quarter and definitely the fourth quarter, the game slowed down. And there were multiple times where Jimmy Garoppolo was just getting engulfed. There was a lot of pressure on the 49ers, especially up the middle. Their guards and centers were kind of getting worked in pass rush, so I'm just thinking, can you be able to get this ball off? Are they going to bring? R- crazy yeah, Richburg,
2: pressure? Richburg's out because he tore his knee. He had there a tear tendon.
0: There was on the drive on the 49ers' previous drive, they were up
2: right 40. What was the score? 45 to 42. So going so going into their previous drive, they're up 42 40, and then they get a Robbie Gold field goal and makes it 45 40. 45-40, and then, th- yeah, so
0: they uh, they have the lead with the ball to kind of ice it. Dennis Allen gets super aggressive. They get a quarterback sap- sack on a blitz. So I'm just thinking, like, Dennis Allen going to bring some crazy pressure because on the previous drive before they got the ball back to score and make the score, you know, 46-45, to 45, you're thinking, like, anything can happen here. I just thought Kyle didn't overthink that, went to his bread and butter, you know, if like you need to win a game, I'm going to Michael Jordan, I'm going to Curry, I'm going to Kobe. At the end of the day, for as good as Emmanuel is and as good as a Debo is, if I gotta lose the game, I gotta one play, I'm going to eighty fucking five. And they went to eighty five. And they didn't just go to eighty five. He then turns on the Jets, takes the dude who had missed digs a couple years back. Is it Mike Williams? The kid from Utah, the safety? No, it's um It is Williams. Mike's something, yes, whatever. He. It looks like Kittle is taking three guys, and then when they do the slow motion, the Williams is holding on to his face mask, and Kittle is like putting his hand in his chest, just driving him. Other DB. I mean, it's just the craziest ending of play. He will not
2: be denied. Yeah, it was. It was wild. I was trying to play it here for you, but for whatever reason, it's not playing. Um. So, you You're making that your riverboat Ron, I like it thirty nine yards plus twenty eight yards on the on the penalty, or they got to the twenty eight yard line after they half the distance to the penalty yeah w-
0: once you realize the penalty was thrown and it was on the Saints, the game was over right i, I in a weird way, I don't trust Robbie gold <sighs> as probably as much as I should. I felt one, like he was though. hitting the kick
2: yeah yeah, yeah. um. And again, because Sean Payton went for two, had to go for two a second time, instead of that field goal tying it at 48, it loses in the game.
0: I just don't think, as a football consumer, we get crazy night games a lot. We get crazy morning games, but especially for us in the Bay Area, it always feels like, oh, it's Tennessee Colts playing some crazy shootout. Or it's like, Uh, Phillip Rivers and the Chargers against the Browns. It's always just a weird game, which, again, you enjoy. This one just felt like the equivalent of a playoff game, given the two teams' record. The coaches, the stars, you're just on the edge of your seat from the
2: jump till the end. It it was remarkable. And because there were so many of these crazy moments, there were things that you're – there are conclusions you're reaching during the game that turn out to be right or turn out to be wrong. So another category here, John – Cold take exposed. There are, I, I we actually have, a, this is going to be hard to pick a winner, the cold take exposed award. Um, I'll start. We can go back and forth. My first cold take exposed, this happened to me live, and this happened to me rewatching the game, um, was the 49ers take the lead in the fourth quarter. Their drive that starts after the the failed punt, fake punt, they take the lead 42-33 with nine minutes left in the game. Okay? This is how they go to commercial break. Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo. This may be his signature moment in the NFL. He's got the 49ers up by nine with nine to play from New Orleans. It's like they're in control. And I kind of exhaled for them. Like, all right, they're comfortable now. they I think they got this. That I remember thinking, ball game, like they got this. Up nine, largest lead of the game. But the Saints march down. They get a third and five. That's the holding on Richard Sherman that gets them a first down. They hit Michael Thomas for 49 yards. Breeze, who, I, I mean, he, no one deep drops like a short quarterback, Breeze and Russell Wilson. Like the, it looks like a 12-step drop when they get back there. And he just puts it into Michael Thomas. Um, and then two plays later Michael Thomas Well that's scores the that's the when touchdown. Michael
0: Thomas on the sideline like cuts around the guy and is like
2: Jesus Michael Thomas well, it's right good. over Akello's right there in the ball with his Spoon it goes over his hand and they score a touchdown 3 minutes it's a 2-point game with 6 minutes left and it was like whoa I thought they were just up 9 but you realize math sometimes 9 looks bigger than it is so that was my first yeah. cold take exposed moment of the game I would have had multiple of the Niners are in major trouble <laughs> uh, 20 to 7
0: and 26 to 14 Because just the way it felt after both scores, uh, that would have been the one. And, like, is the Niners' season on the line? Maybe in that fourth down situation. Just a bold take in the fourth down situation. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, can't go to the Super Bowl if you don't get this one. No. Like, they they ain't coming back in here and winning again if they can't get this fourth. Was it it fourth and two? Yeah. So, it was just – it was fourth and two – it's weird because when you say fourth and two with Kyle, you're like well, they could run it they, you had to pass, right the, the pa- you didn't really have a choice and uh, just to me the result of the play. It's one thing to get it. It's one thing the star is born like that was that the signature
2: kittle play of the year? I know he had touchdowns he had I crazy think it plays, was. But just because it wasn't just because even if they convert the first down, that play that fourth and two happens with 39 seconds. Now they still have two timeouts. But even if they get that first down, he gets out of bounds. They still got to get down. They still got a ways to go because Robbie Gold's range is – they got to get to the 30-yard line for him because his I, range I, is I 47.
0: Know the, his stats weren't crazy. Uh, he, I think he was coming off a two-catch game against the Ravens. That would be that would be the game tape if I'm George Kittle. Like, oh. right now dealing with the extension, and we're talking, like, Austin Hooper's getting $23 million guaranteed, and I'm watching George Kittle making just big boy plays, like and I'm watching Michael Thomas, and I'm going, yeah, those are the two best skill guys on the field. Like, you just... I, I'm not signing for anything less than, like, $45, 50000000 Like, pay me my money, Jed. I'm breaking records here. Yeah. And I'm talking financial records. Like, if Michael Thomas is getting $65 million... But that, now it's we're going to do an emotional, uh you know... What here's the other thing, and I I, I like I like Amari. It's kind of crazy that Amari and Michael Thomas make similar cash, right? After you watch a game like that, where Michael can just go kind of old school, like a To Randy Moss. Yeah, I mean, hop on my back, let me carry you.
2: That'd be Kittle. Like Kittle's like, I I watch Amari. He's nothing like me. Now Michael Thomas. Yeah, me and him. Okay, okay. Yeah, same category. So just give me something around that. But Amari, are you kidding me? Uh, another do it. another cold t- – I'm going to give Pam Oliver a cold take exposed, John, for this. we got
0: an injury update. Let's go down to the field with Pam.
1: Well, Kevin, suddenly a thinning 49ers defensive line. Defensive end Nick Bosa, huge in the 49ers defense, has a knee injury and is questionable.
2: He came back on the next play, but for like 30 seconds it was because t- in that report she also says.
1: he joins defensive end oh D. God. Ford, who aggravated the same hamstring that kept him out a couple of games. Ford is questionable as well.
2: Meanwhile, Camaro, with a highlight play. run as it's happening.
0: Yeah, and then Alvin kind of gashes him for a couple of plays. You go, and then oh Joe, and God, then he comes
2: it. back. But yeah, and he was good. Um, you have another one. I've got that. Uh, you keep going. Okay, Kyle use check. I would have tweeted, maybe I did. Well, use check's done for the day. Because <laughs> he gets hit and immediately just goes like this, the play we talked about earlier, and the penalty extends the drive. And then uh, he comes back into the game, and Pam's like, oh, they checked him for a concussion, or maybe Burkhart said it. But he's fine. It's like, he is? Yeah, I'm going I'm to put to And his check- first play back, <laughs> they throw him the ball.
0: I'm going to put check into the into a short group of Julian Edelman's Julian Edelman's had 25 concussions where he always passes the test and comes right back. I'm going to put Juszczyk has had multiple moments like that, and this one looked the worst because he's on the ground, but his head's up, and the dude torpedoes it. It looks like his head gets rattled. And you know what? That's why Kyle Juszczyk's a badass. The concussions cannot stop Kyle Juszczyk
2: because, like you said, they're like, yeah, check that for concussion back, and now he's just thriving. That's my type guy. I actually think we can do your Taysom Hill Take here in Cold Take Exposed because – he came in, he was a story that week in the NFL because the week before they played the Atlanta Falcons and Taysom Hill had a touchdown run, a touchdown catch and a blocked punt in that previous game. And we saw in this game, like they tried to get him to throw. They gave him a series when Breeze was humming. They had got to get him a throw, a fake punt. They had him play fullback. They tried to give him a, uh, uh, the two point conversion was a, the first two point conversion was a Taysom Hill play, right? Yes. Does that sound right?
0: But, well, Noel, well, they tried, and he got nailed on an end-around. Was that the play?
2: Well, he definitely got nailed on a direct snap by Bosa.
0: There was a series where they, they – They ran a two-point end-around, I think, for him, and he got then stuffed. Then that would have been the
2: first two-point conversion, yeah. Yeah. And they have well, the m- play m- – it's, it's the, the Saints are up 27-21 in the second quarter. Breeze is being Breeze. And they come out. They go Taysom Hill scramble on first down do whatever on second down, third and one direct snap, and Bosa just blows it up.
0: So give my, me your taste Hill. hell. My overall, this is not even a cold take. This is just a take. It's just a I chance to
2: do a, taste, a cold take.
0: I, I think he's overrated guy. Listen, he is a good player. He can do a lot. What does he do really well? And this notion that he's going to be some star quarterback, I'm calling bullshit. To me, if he's anything, he's more of the tight end. He's more like a use check. Then he is a quarterback. I do not, when I watch him play, think that guy is going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So when I see Brady Papinga on my timeline saying that Lamar Jackson can't hold his jockstrap and just see some of these comments, like, give me a break. Again, fine player. But we don't act like, we don't go like Kyle Juszczyk is Joe Montana meets, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley. And I think the way that Taysom Hill is talked about in kind of his little Saints world is, is he's this superstar. I don't even think he's a top 5 player on his own offense. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, uh, Rampcheck the tackles really good. Jared Cook in that game, Latavius? now you could argue Latavius ahead of him? No, I wouldn't put Latavius ahead. Yeah, maybe, like if I had to. You had a good game. Latavius could be my starting running back. What position if I had Taysom Hill's my starting what? Like would you rather have would you trade Kyle Useck for Taysom Hill right now? Because I would not. No.
2: But I also don't – I don't buy – and I'm – this is – I think you're reacting to a real thing that's out there on Taysom Hill. But I don't buy that that real thing, like, really comes from a real place. Like, I think there are a couple people who said – and it really – when did it start? It started when Taysom wanted to be a free agent and get paid like a quarterback or be a quarterback, right? Do you think he's going to be a quarterback in the NFL? No. We've talked about this. He's got like – I, I got to look it up. I mean, how what's his career touchdown pass? He's got like one. Yeah, I mean, how many career they had attempts is a the guy Their happened? starting quarterback got hurt this year, and they went with Teddy Bridgewater, as they yeah. should have. Like, Again, his own team had the chance. Why did they sign Teddy if this guy was going to be a quarterback?
0: Here's my thing. So your point, I'm it's not, not... not like Taysom's 22. Well, what would be fascinating is when the draft happens, do they draft a guy in the mid-rounds to be their backup?
2: Yes. Because Taysom because – if, if, Drew gets hurt again, you can't use Taysom in the way you need to use him if you're using him as your quarterback. And, again, I'm not anti – I would
0: take Taysom Hill on my team. Yeah. Like, he's a good player because he can do a lot. I just don't – what does he excel at? He does a lot of little things. Like, whenever they give it to Taysom Hill on an end around, I go, well, why wouldn't you put the little returner in and give it to him? Or whenever they have him throw it, I was like, well, why don't they have the guy – that you know is going to the Hall of Fame as a pass thrower, throw the football, what are you doing? John. If I'm I'm Michael Thomas, every time that happens, I'm going, Sean, listen, I love you. I'm glad the corona didn't phase you, but throw me the ball with Drew freaking
2: Breeze, not Taysom Hill. Please. Last last two years he's played in every game. He's 6 of 13 passing. He actually doesn't have a touchdown pass. 6 of 13, no touchdown passes. Can I give you another take or you want to wait? Uh, we've got a few more categories. Yeah, let's, let's hit the category. I got. Did the right team to win? To,
0: to me, my overall takeaway, whoever would have won this game, let's say Jimmy overthrows Kittle, let's say the way, the way it happened happens, the right team was going to win this game. Whoever was going to win deserved to win the game. Because there were some questionable calls on both sides, some kind of horseshit defensive holdings on both sides, the missed call on the punt, but it was a fourth and 18, like Sean Payton, don't punt the ball. The right team won the game. To me, whoever made the last play was going to deserve to win this game. There wasn't like a, you know, a Ram Saints moment where it was that egregious. Like there were some ticky tack shit on both sides. A, a ton of plays were made. Everyone had the lead in the fourth quarter multiple times. Like the right team won the game.
2: Yeah, agree. I don't have much argument. This was going to be some games. It, Whoever has the ball last yeah, or whatever. Yeah, some games it's just both teams deserve it, and that's not the way sports work. Someone's got to win. So I got nothing much to add there. The right team won the game. Oh, we actually were going to call that award the 2002 Lakers award. Where the wrong team won the NBA championship. That should have been the Sacramento Kings. So rename. Make sure you get that. That's important when it's close. I see you, Laker Nation. Uh, the Dave Gettleman Award. I love this award, John. This is the – he sees Daniel Jones at the Senior Bowl walking into the huddle and goes – that right there's a quarterback. So this award is for somebody who did something in the game that doesn't show up in the box score, or maybe they had a game that doesn't show up in the box score. Uh, I think there's a couple candidates here, but you have a pick. The, they the got
0: arguments back in the day, especially in like baseball, that could never happen now. Like he's got home run power, I'm telling you. And people would be like, "Well, he's hit seven extra base hits in the last three years." You know, just the arguments that just with the analytics, that is a pretty basic one. He's got, but definitely he's got the foot- look. But definitely in football. Look at football, his jawline, facial symmetry. You should, you should see the size of his ass, Coach. Uh, you should see those thighs. You should see that explosion. This one is relatively simple, though. I I, I think there are two guys, because my pick is not this guy, but Michael Thomas is kind of the king of. I was thinking about this. Maybe it's a Big Ten thing. Maybe it's just a football thing it happens more in football than the other two sports. In baseball you don't really hear it happen that often. Like you just become a good player and there's not like I got passed up in the minors 7 times. You just make it. In basketball a little bit like Steph Curry, I got passed Steph you were the 7th pick in the draft. Even like Clay, he lasted till 11, you know, I <laughs> mean he didn't go 58th. So in football you always hear these guys didn't believe in me. Well Michael Michael Thomas is kind of has that vibe. I never get the respect You played at Ohio fucking state, Ohio state, which might as well. If we could add, if we added two more NFL teams, you could argue, you don't even need to add. You could just bump up Bama and Ohio state. You like have those two teams, right? Like Michael Thomas, you went to Ohio state. You were also one pet peeve of mine. I fell in the draft. Check the history of second rounders. I get it. If you're Brady, like six, you're a second rounder. Like 30 people went ahead of you factor in a lot of different positions
2: I guess in basketball, where basically it's kind but of he position list a little bit. But look what happened. Now. I turned out to be Michael Thomas. I should have been a top ten pick.
0: Well, I, I get it, but it's like, yeah, you, you know, you still second round player. You actually hit free agency early. You're not getting that much disrespect, and clearly you became guy. He had 100, I think 40. I saw this number. It was either 100. I think it was 148 catches this year. In this game, though, he's not the fastest guy. He is a monster. Like, he is a superstar, but he's not my pick. I'm yeah, going well, the here's the problem week. with
2: the Gettleman Award is he had 11 catches for 134 and a touchdown, so I could box score scout Michael Thomas.
0: Yeah, but my, my, I just wanted to pay a little respect. That's good. He's no, a badass. Nick Bosa. Easy. To this me, is an easy pick. Underrated... If you wanted to go like nerdy, deep analytics, like how many pressures like PFF would give him the stuff, you just can't get on like NFL.com. I bet he had a pretty impressive like deep yeah. analytical game. Yep. You know the shit like the teams get. He was everywhere. But you wouldn't and have needed th- that to know this, right? You just use your fucking eyes. And in 2020, because his box a lot of score me- was two tackles, John. He was he was dominant. He was he was everywhere. I actually think. Sneaky, when you realize this guy's gone on the team, Buckner was a lot he of was. places too. I thought
2: 97 and 99 were basically just like, we, you guys can't I watched us. Buckner trying to think like, what animal is he? And he's like a bear, but also an octopus. He's, he's just so much length and strength. Well, do you know, I think sometimes I think we think about bears like they
0: only eat fish and they're not like meat eaters. But sometimes if I'm on a National Geographic, you'll see a bear like eating you know, like a deer. Now, I don't know if it always kills the deer. It just ends up on a dead deer and we will just eat it. So, I do think Buckner, who is kind of, I mean, he's a dominant, dominant run player. But Bosa, against, you know, two tackles, their offensive line is viewed as one of the best offensive lines in the league. Rams check, people act like he's just, I don't know, Anthony Munoz Jr., a little overrated for my taste. Bosa was working them all. Didn't you just I mean, say he, he
2: was better than Taysom Hill? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's better than Taysom Hill. My point is people act like he's one of the best tackles in recent memory. I just think there are a lot of other tackles that I would take over him. Uh, Solid player. I'm not trying to diminish him. I I just think he's a tad bit overhyped. Yeah, I'd take him over Taysom Hill. I'd take Andreas
2: Pete over Taysom Hill. But my point is that Bosa was just a man amongst boys. All the stuff we said about Shanahan and all the stuff we said about Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. And you would argue, like Sean Payton made some mistakes, but... This game, you there was way more evidence for why he's Sean Payton in this game and the same for Drew Brees, right? Um, but this was one of those games for Bosa where it's like, this is a massive game. This is a team that can do everything. I don't. I think the Niners' first sack actually got wiped out. Did they end up with a sack in this game? They got a sack, but then there was a penalty that took it away. They didn't have a sack in the game. Jimmy definitely got sacked a couple times. Jimmy did, but, I mean, the, the Niners' defense did not have a sack. Yeah, yeah. They got one, but I think that was the Sherman penalty. But Bosa was everywhere. Multiple. He had the big, he had a pass breakup on a, fir- a first down in the flat. I mean, just everywhere. He had this play where he like tripped, gains his composure,
0: almost chased down Breeze, like leaps at him. It's like he, he looked like an animal yeah. on the prairie
2: chasing his food. Honorable mention, John DJ Jones. Big forced fumble early in the second half of the game where no one had really gotten uh, a defensive stop in the game. And um, it was a big play. It was deep in the Saints, in Saints territory. De- DeForest Buckner recovered it, and the Niners scored and, and took the lead.
0: You want to get really nerdy. I Special teams coach have to just be salivating watching the little Harris kid return punts and kicks because he, Dante Hall, he's not big like Devin Hester, so he's not going to be breaking tackles, but just the speed in which he's moving, because clearly the Niners, for Tim example, Dwight.
2: Yeah, I like cross racial. Uh, th- this guy is just anyone new to us. We're big on the cross racial comp. Yeah, always try to go cross racial. It's hard on DBs. Good. Yeah, unless <laughs> the is. DB's white, then it's easy to find the guy. But it's hard to find a white DB to comp somebody to. Yeah, they don't exist. Um, Sendale? Okay. Uh, the Jacksonville. Like the j- <laughs> who was the guy from the the Vikings that you was it oh, Sandejo? It was all. six yeah. your guy. He
0: played in the UFL. Yeah. Good pick by you. Former Tried to tell Lewis Riddick, Riddick we should sign him for the Eagles, and no one it never made his way up the food chain. He just went on to, I don't know, what, be a nine-year starter?
2: The uh, Jerry Seinfeld, or really just the Seinfeld Award, does this hold up? Does it stand the test of time, this game? There were a lot of great games this year. You could argue it wasn't even – some people might argue that Seahawks-Niners was a better game. Um, but – it's not about ranking it so much. Yes, this game on the rewatch, this game absolutely holds up. I think if I was going to nitpick it, would you flip flop the first half and the second half to have it build up to the second half? Well, is it, is it like quarter, old? Is it thir- like the movie Old School, where the first half is much better?
0: <laughs> yeah, the third quarter drags. Luckily, the the last five or six minutes are really intense. I do think when you have a first half of that level, that is just like Holyfield and Tyson just throwing blows, the, the second half can drag a little bit and you're just on the edge of your seat. The first half, that's as, I think, as good of a first half that I've ever witnessed, just in terms of action, of trick plays, deep plays, deep bombs. The the environment down in the bayou, right, is second to none when they're on point. Yeah.
2: Like I, listen, well, there are I mean, multiple, the Niners had to overcome multiple, what, three false start penalties, I think. Staley had one, McGlinchey had one, and Selick had one.
0: Yeah, I think the uh, people were tweeting about it the other night. They replayed that famous Monday night game a couple years ago. Uh, Was it Rams-Chiefs? Remember the one that was supposed to go in Mexico, and they had the concert, and they had to move it to the Coliseum? You and I were texting about this, and this is what I think makes it special about this game. Now, in that game, if you remember, there were multiple defensive scores. Remember, there was like a pick six. There was like a fumble six. All the scores here were offense, right? Correct, but the physicality of this game on both sides, like I don't think everyone went to the locker room after the game, and it was like the Baker Mayfield Patrick Mahomes sixty nine to sixty one. Remember yeah, there was so the famous, yeah. was there the famous Mahomes Arizona State game that was like in the sixties way back, you know, four or five years ago? Caitlin Bellage ran for all the touchdowns. Remember that yeah, game? Like
2: eight. Yeah, but it's just Seven this eight
0: game touchdowns. to me. I can imagine people were in physical pain. Winners and losers taking off their tape and their pads like that was a physical just war. Yeah,
2: that that was one of my main because somebody tweeted at me the other day like about the game like oh it's, it looks like the Big Twelve and no it didn't it did not look like the Big Twelve it it, not it was at all. not it, it DBs had to make so many. Bone-crushing tackles, multiple guys, because running backs were on the second level, and all of a sudden there's just a massive collision eight yards down the field. Have you noticed how many of the runs in this game are straight-line runs? It's Latavius. It's Kamara maybe would catch a screen and... uh a... Moster... Like, it's all straight-line runs, most of these runs, and so those well, are big collisions at the end of those plays.
0: Well, Cook, on a second touchdown, gets wiped out in the end zone concussion. Yep. You had use check Edelman style concussion. Just right, uh, the doctor, just whatever. Get out, get out of my way. His baseline. Weston, his
2: baseline <laughs> must be a concussion.
0: Yeah, exactly. Richburg leg snapped.
2: Career could patella, be Patella, right? patella, yeah,
0: <laughs> just snapped. Sherman had to like limp off multiple twice because I mean, he <laughs> leaves the
2: game late too and comes back.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just anytime you get multiple concussions, one confirmed and a leg snap. The Saints I, I think lost a
2: defensive lineman in the game. D. Ford went out again. Yeah, Hammy. Okay.
0: To, to me, sure. the the Ritzburg leg snap, the classic of just like a pile.
2: Clearly not good. But then what's his name? Uh, ben Garland about, had some moments. How about the who hit? Breeze got blasted late in the game on a ball that ends up being like a jump ball, fifteen yards down the field.
0: Oh, then that Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara guy collide in the air. And so Breeze gets wiped out by, I think, like Eric Armstead. Just destroyed. Ball midair like a balloon. Michael Thomas looks like Charles Barkley going for a rebound. Kamara thinks he's all alone. Like, oh, I'm just going to catch it's this Moseley thing. It's Mosley that hit
2: him, actually. <laughs> Breeze.
0: How Moseley about Mosley's physicality? He had a couple big hits in that game. Michael Thomas might have killed Kamara. They both laid there for a second. I like, thought. Oh, don't, didn't you think God. Kamara was
2: going to catch it, too? Until Michael Thomas comes flying out of nowhere to kill him. Oh, John, the other – how about one of my favorite plays of the game we didn't talk about, we don't have to get too deep into it, but the um, third and one at the end of the first half, the Niners have the ball third and one, the Saints are using timeouts to try and get the ball back, and the Niners do the handoff to use check who then pitches it to Mozart for the first down. And check just gets annihilated after he pitches the ball or as he's pitching the ball, that was a big one. And then the Niners would go on to score on a touchdown, and that's how they got the lead. But that play, otherwise, the Saints are going to get the ball back with like, you know, a minute and, a half and change left.
0: I thought I thought this was the overall takeaway of this game. And these guys get so much credit just in general now, play callers, right? That's why Lincoln Riley's become a star. Joe Brady overnight just became this. Joe Brady went from probably two years ago as a quality control guy for Sean Payton. My guess is making 80 to 90 grand, not even making six figures. To two years later, now the Carolina Panthers OC. I'd guess minimum 1.5 million. Like you just you just rise fast. These two guys. I mean, Sean Payton's been in our our play calling vernacular for two decades, basically, right? Because even before he was Parcells' guy, it was like we'd heard a lot about him. And Kyle Shanahan, just the name, the Shanahan family—you just see two guys. It'd be like flipping on a baseball game. I hope it comes back soon. And it's just like, oh, it's Scherzer versus Bumgarner, and both guys are just lights out. You're like, this is awesome, and the game's flying. Both these guys just yeah. absolutely on point. And it's probably one of those moments where all these players that play for these guys go, yeah, when my coach is on, we're just we're just, we're just not going to lose. Yep. Because even if you're the Saints, like if you're Michael Thomas or Drew Brees, like. You played winning football. Uh, it just the OCs. Just these two guys are elite. I mean, it's just there's a reason Sean Payton makes eleven, twelve million dollars. Kyle doesn't make that because on his first contract, but his next contract's gonna be massive. It just doesn't get any better than that. They they do it a little differently, right? To me, Kyle's offense is a little more. It's more running based. Not that not that Sean's anti-running. I feel like he likes throwing it a lot to Kamara in space. That's just and that's what Alvin's good at. But their just flow of like their playbook when it's on is just left, right, deep down the seam, draw a play, uh, pitch play. You're like Jesus, where the what the what, Jesus? You know it's, it's, it's insane. W- w- if you're a fan going against that team when that guy's on and Andy can feel like this. McFay didn't really feel like it last year, but there's Lincoln Riley when you watch him. The the, the LSU felt like this this year. You just have no clue what's coming. Right. And I think it speaks to when you have a well balanced offense, and the 49ers in this game did, the Saints next year now adding Emmanuel Sanders. When you got multiple players on both sides, right? You got a sweet tight end, you got multiple wide receivers, you have a fullback or a tight end, and you got running backs that can run and catch. You have no clue what play's coming. Like, I. I at the end of the, I, day, I was talking to an offensive coordinator who brought up a great point. Like it's it, people talk so much about balance and balance and balance. The key to a great offensive play caller is touches. Get your guys touches in different ways. It doesn't matter if you're Alvin Kamara. Does it? Do you care if he gets 12 rushing attempts and three catches, or he gets 12 targets and four four rushing attempts? Right. It's just about getting the ball in his hands. But I for think right play. yeah.
2: Th- but see, that's one of the things. So. The Niners threw the ball 27 times and ran the ball 24 times. The Saints threw the ball 29 times and ran the ball 27 times. Like, in the box score, it does not lie. It just illuminates what you said, is that it feels like this game was nothing but deep bombs, but that's not really what it was. Now, part of it is there's multiple players in these games that you can throw the ball and give the ball. Debo multiple yeah. times. Even use check. I mean, uh, Kittle... Takes a fly sweep pitch. Play didn't work, but they tried it. Um, But that's, yeah.
0: But but I would imagine that if Sean Payton and Kyle Shanahan were here, they go sometimes after the casual fan, maybe the owner. Like, why were we getting cute? Well, part of being cute is just keeping everyone on their toes. Because I I hate the end around. Like I actually understand it to Kittle because he can fly. I don't really love it to Taysom Hill when you have other players that on your own offense that are faster. Like, just give it to Ted Ginn Jr., right? Or just whatever. Just make, give it to right. a different player. I just wonder if they say, well, it's just I never want you to know what play looks like to come to this right player. Right. So they're always kind of guessing. Even at this point in time, right, week 14, these guys have a pretty good idea what their bread and butter plays are. But you have to just build little wrinkles off those bread and butter plays. And I think that's – this was a master class. Like, if I was an offensive coordinator in the Power Five or the NFL and I was quarantined right now and I had already done all most of my work, if, I, if I'm not going back and watching this game and taking some notes and just throwing in a couple of plays from this game, I'm not doing my job, right? There should not be an offensive coordinator in the NFL – Besides like Josh yeah. McDaniels, or yes, Randy Reed, that's not peaking at this all twenty two. I
2: agree with you, but what I would say is what you said just before that's really relevant here. You can break that film down, but you don't know why necessarily a play is getting called, even though you think you do. Like you don't. It might just be a total setup for something else that you never. But end maybe up maybe seeing. it's maybe it's not as much about stealing the plays. I would imagine as a play caller
0: the rhythm of a play yeah. caller. And these guys, to me, are two of the three best in the league at just their rhythm. And I, I think there, there are some play callers that can get hot in games that feel like they're just kind of guessing and they're just kind of calling plays. I never feel with the great play callers there's kind of a guess. There's
2: always a point to so, it. So we've got to wrap this up. But what I would say to that is, like, I think the rhythm – I don't think you can learn the rhythm. I think you've got to know – everything about everything. And then the rhythm comes because there's nothing you're not ready for because you don't have to go from a to B. The rhythm comes because you can go from a to B or to D or to C or to W. Like, I think that's Helps to have like five sweet skill guys, and, but, but also just a full understanding of all the different directions, a full map in your head of all the different things you can do. I just don't think everybody can get there. I just don't.
0: Well, clearly not. You're, you're right. Yeah. A couple overall takes from this game. All right. Before we sign out. One strong hot take. I don't think the 49ers need to take a wide receiver at 13. Agree. One thing's thing's clear in this game. They added Emmanuel Sanders. He'd only been on the team for a short period of time, right? They got him at the trade deadline. And Kendrick Bourne, who actually I think has had 10 touchdowns the last two years, you just watch him. Like, if that's your third, fourth wide receiver, you're not in terrible shape when you factor in. You got – like Kyle's offense and I think Sean Payton's offense – When you have an elite play caller, you can invest. Like If if I'm the 49ers, I take a sweet corner at 13. I, I take a different position at 13. Maybe at 31, but I don't think you need to force a wide receiver because their best attribute is their play caller. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, he does have just, he's not an inaccurate quarterback, but I wouldn't call him innately accurate. He, when he's in rhythm, he's really good, but there are going to be moments, even this is probably one of his best games of his career, where the ball's just going to float on him a little bit. But I think the one thing you see in this game, there was a moment in the second half where he dies for a first down, his toughness getting blasted, getting back up. There is just something where I, I understand where his teammates go, I'll go to war with that motherfucker any day. Obviously, to me, Drew is just pinpoint accurate for the most, like when he... When he has time in the pocket, it's he's going to hit the guy in his hands, right? And he was doing that all game long. Um, if he wasn't pressured, he was hitting the guy in stride. Where Jimmy, some balls are behind, and some balls, <laughs> it's just he's a little more. He's just not Peyton Manning, right? That's just right, but but a good player, and you can win with him. But, That's where I think sometimes we nitpick him over the
2: last three or four games of the season, given the playoffs. He is re- a really good player, and he does make plays in this game that are not the play that Kyle Shanahan designed because he's flushed from the pocket. He's backpedaling his second touchdown to Kendrick Bourne. a good example. Scramble drill, right? He makes a number of those plays. So yeah.
0: he he can do things on the move. And for example, in this game, like to me, Drew's on the move are just kind of like stutter steps to the side. Well, there's a reason they didn't get sacked because he gets rid of the ball <laughs> so fast. Yeah. G- Jimmy can do like up and unders and scramble around and, and keep plays alive. Um, uh, I, my other takeaways, I, I just think I, I know they lost in the first round, but I think this New Orleans Saints were the third best team in the league this year. Underachieved this would, year, yeah, I would say the two Super Bowl teams. The were Niners one and are two, lucky it. they didn't play the Saints. This team, this team should have been their opponent in the NFC Championship. Agreed. Yep. This this team was too good. Like if I'm Sean Payton, uh, I, I just would have. It, this would have been a hard last. Obviously with adding the Corona to it. Luckily he's okay. Uh, But just these couple months going, how good my team was because I would have gone if I'm Sean Payton, I'd take my chances against the Niners in San Francisco or Levi. Right, just my team was really good. Yeah, you didn't come
2: out. You didn't. We didn't come out of the Niners Saints game going. If they meet again in San Francisco, the Niners are definitely going to win. No, the Saints really, really really good. Yeah.
0: Who knows how you know you'd think, and I I would say their roster. They're they're going to be if we assume these the Niners are going to be good again. We know the Saints are usually consistently good. Yeah, I think the Saints are right there as one of the preseason favorites, right, to win the NFC. Yeah, as, so long, as, be, as long as all these guys coming Brees back
2: just keep this guy keeps being this guy, and I don't see any reason watching that game why he can't be.
0: Well, th- there was some kind of there was a little bit of a narrative. Is he shot after that playoff game? Look at his numbers this year. He's twenty four and five, and he missed six games. He would have easily thrown thirty four, thirty five touchdowns. I-, I still think he's. You watch this game, you are like Jesus Christ. You protect him. He's dynamite, right?
2: Forty yep. years old. I get he's old, but damn. No, he. uh Would you say his final numbers were? I think he threw. Did he throw five picks or four?
0: Four picks. Yeah, yeah twenty four and five. 20, 20 se- Was it twenty twenty seven and four? Excuse me, twenty seven and four, and he missed six games,
2: <gasps> I mean, and
0: he got knocked out of the Rams game with the thumb. There were just there were just a lot of really good players in this game. It it was, go watch. It was it. a legit game watch the
2: 45. We watch the full two and a half hours. You can watch the 45 yeah. minutes.
1: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone.